I mean, I, I see what I, I can see very clearly what I did wrong. Basically. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually pretty, it's actually pretty simple. And it's like when I, this always happens, it's like, I'm so focused on the creative side that I never put as much energy into like the whatever. In this case, it's like a form of marketing, right? It is. Yeah. I see. Okay. What I should have done, and this is very easy and very clear, is I put a lot of emphasis on the time that the song was going to go live. Uh-huh. But when you're doing an auction in NFT land, or I guess presumably in anywhere, you should also put as much emphasis on when the auction ends. Oh, totally. Right? When did the auction end? Was it at well, four, it's 24 like hours? It's 24 oh, okay. hours. But we yeah. could have made it. What I should have done is made it for like a week. And then, uh, and then made made the end of the auction a specific time that, right. that I just repeated over and over and everybody knew. Because what ended up happening was like I, I, I had sort of lined up the idea of a couple whales bidding on it. But right. like Patricio ended up, he was like on a plane to Berlin. Patricio from Poap was on a plane to Berlin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jamie was at, uh, Jamis was at uh, Burning Man. Like, yeah. you know, like it was just... It was just bad timing. It was just bad yeah. timing, you know. But you know what, man? I like, like, I relate. You, you just, you, you put all the work into making it great, <laughs> and like, you don't think about the marketing and and whatever. Right. It's, 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 it's almost like we need yeah. <laughs> middlemen, you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like, to manage the business. Like a marketing side person. Yeah, it's I almost know. like it's, it's not a bad idea to have a it's gallerist like, or a oh. manager. We could call them to, gallerists. To well, sell well, your you, stuff. You know, when I think about it, I think about like how Beeple, <laughs> you know, how Beeple did it, right? And he did it through Christie's. Right. Yeah. And they had, that's, that was their job. Their job, Christie's job was to line up the people they're going to bid on it, was totally. to like have the, you know, the time when it was going to end and they were going to air it and everything anyway. Yeah. But I'll say this though. I mean, Christie's like, they, they, they got so lucky. Like, it's not mm. like, yeah. Uh, timing yeah. I mean, and yes, the, like, yes, the timing the, was perfect. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I promise you that it's not like they did not mastermind that. They got so goddamn lucky. They caught lightning in a bottle. If they were yeah. so yeah. goddamn good at their jobs, like why couldn't they ever do it again? Like why couldn't they right, do it whenever right, like right. the art blocks like uh, season set was up? Why right, couldn't right. they do it with like the alien with the crypto punks. Punks. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. after yeah. that, it was right. just embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment. Right. Good point. It's just like, good point. That's yeah, a hard true. job. Like, that is a hard job. And it requires, I mean, it's another thing, like, we can talk about, but, like, I just think it requires, honestly, it's it's like the gallerist-artist relationship, it kind of, when it works well, it works well. When it yes. works, like, yeah. like when the gallery sucks, it's a waste of your money. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. somebody who has an like we talk all the time about incentives here. It's like, OK, so somebody who has an incentive who's going to get 10 percent of, yeah. you know, whatever, right, right. They can, whatever they can scare up for this. That makes sense. Totally. My experience you- with like publicists and like. That's like that's maybe the the closest equivalent to like a gallerist or something, you know, like a publicist or or something or a manager even is like they can't do anything for you Mm. at all. It's like if you have some heat going or you you have some like something happening, they can maybe help you take advantage of that. But they they can't create out you know they can't create any kind interesting of hype they're an amplifier they're an I amplifier think, yeah, yeah exactly. i think that very few can i suspect yeah mm. yeah and you want to know your, what your it's 10x true. marketers yeah it's, it's, it's true right yeah the manager who can just come and then you know put you in front of you know yeah. right. this person this person this, this person yeah that is a myth actually well well it, it is mythical i haven't yet met that mm. person yet i still operate on the assumption that someone ought to be able to do that right you know? i mean i well, assume there are publicists and and managers who you know have in their cell phone they have all the phone numbers of the people well but okay like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> but they would never they wouldn't they wouldn't use those contacts on you unless either they thought you had something right it's kind was, of a perfect cycle exactly or yeah or unless they were getting 50 percent Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, like that's right. the thing. And that's why right. the gallery thing works. Right. So right. I had this great conversation with Magnus Resch, right? I did a fingerprints Twitter spaces with him. Magnus Resch, I don't have his books within arm's reach. Normally I do. But he's written a number of books. One is called The Management of Art Galleries. Uh, he teaches art oh. and economics at Yale. 
I read that book. And he just yeah. released a book. Yeah, he just released a book called like How to Sell NFTs, right? Okay. Smart guy. And, you know, we talked about his experience. Like uh, he, he, he actually like he made a map, like an influence map of galleries in the world, like which ones you can imagine a map where like all the galleries are dots and there are lines that show which ones have artists that end up in MoMA, right? Which ones have artists that end uh, up and, yeah. in Christie's or Sotheby's, yeah. right? And it's like an actual map and it shows like there's like five galleries in the world that matter. Right. And like four of them are in New right. York. Right. 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 And so th those are the mythical unicorns. But what he says is that like for when somebody's asking him to start a gallery, what matters? He says, he asks them, he says, bring out your phone, show me that you have active conversations going. Show me that you're texting back and forth right now, not just that you have their number, with 10 major collectors, like high net worth collectors, right? And that's what you need because everybody thinks, oh, you make the great art and the collectors come. And sadly, it's no. When you have a stable of <laughs> the best, wealthiest, and yeah. most influential collectors, every yeah. artist comes because they want to work with you. Yeah. Wow. That would, sounds very familiar. This is actually really topical for the Pleaserdale auction house that we're launching in a month. What is the ideal, what does that ideal relationship look like? And what does that person do? Because this is not something I have a lot of experience with. But if you were to like reinvent this relationship for Web3, what would that look like? I mean, I'll look at it a bunch when it comes time to, you know, release my next collection because I would like a partner with this. Like, you know, I, I would like I would like somebody to work on this aspect so that I don't have to so I can focus on the on the creative aspect. For me, it's like, you know, the NFT space is like the traditional art space on steroids, right? Mm. <laughs> like on, on, on amphetamines and steroids and, and, and MDMA, it's on all the yeah. drugs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, it's fast and jittery and horny. Um, and, <laughs> and, like, and so it's just like, you know, that there yeah. are influential collectors. There are some collectors who are just more influential than others. There are some collectors who, when you know that this person has one, it is more likely to induce desire in your more like everyday collector. And so a good a gallerist, an NFT gallerist who is representing an artist should be putting aside some pieces from a collection or putting aside a few one of ones to cut some deals with those prominent collectors should do stuff like a lot of the, the top tier commercial galleries, right? Your, your Gagosians, your Hauser and Wirths, your Pace deal in inventory, right? On secondary market, they go, they buy up pieces from other galleries, right? Like Larry Gagosian, he's going to Hauser and Wirth and buying up those artworks to have in his inventory for his collectors. Because, you know, when somebody says, oh, I, you know, I really need a Jeff Koons, you should just because Jeff Koons only wants to work with Hauser and Worth or whatever doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to go to Larry Gagosian and get a Jeff Koons, right? And you're, you're right, we're not going to let that stop us. And right, and then by holding inventory, you manage the market, right? You massage that price curve a little bit. You make sure that they go to the right places. Wait, so right, are you so right so in this in this conception, would you say that it would behoove Pleaserdow? If they want to have the successful auction house called Pleaser House, H-A-U-S, right? H-A-U-S? Mm -hmm. uh, with an E, actually. Yeah. Just normal yeah. house. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, normal house. Not that okay. it matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would, it would behoove them to have some beeples, to have some whoever in, in, in their inventory and be like, hey, like, hey, Mr. Big Time Collector, Right. You well, know, I guess Pleaser's goal yeah. here isn't to be a gallery per se. It's to yeah. be uh, like the Christie's uh, relationship. So perhaps these are two different things. But yeah, that's I, I really never considered like this gallery model as applied to well, NFTs. Does that exist as a thing right now? No, no, like, not really. Yeah. No, not yet. And yeah. what's so weird is that a lot of like the big DAOs that came that, that, that came out. Oh, and we'll get back to Pleaser House because I'm really interested in that. Sure. But like the big DAOs like Flamingo, Flamingo Fingerprint, Fingerprints, yeah. whatever, even Pleaser, right? They, they, they never sought to be market makers. They right. all just got collect, 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 question right. mark, profit. Now what? 
Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> but like, okay, you know that you're adding value to your inventory just by virtue right. of being the, purchase, curation, the person totally. who, who bought it. Right? right. And it's, it's, it's ultimately good for an artist. If somebody yeah. is, you know, managing a little bit of the liquidity in the market, right. Everybody had this, you know, you know whatever we like, everybody peeled themselves in this idea. Like, Oh, if you're serious about this, you'll just never sell. You'll just hold all the way to, you know, the moon and zero and back and whatever. Like, right, right, right. But for Pleaser House, if you're trying to be the Christie's, right, it's just it's just all about those relationships. All you need to do is like, you know, just make sure that you have those relationships and, you know, and that you nurture them and then be aggressive in like in in your fees right if you once you can establish that you can fetch good prices like it's it's totally okay to take a bigger fee than like a 2.5% totally. platform fee for the work that you're doing especially now like artists recognize in a bear market you know it's it's hard those big prices aren't coming and a person who can a person who can get you fair prices they're worth right. some money no totally yeah that's our entire like bit is obviously it's a you know we're providing a service I think we're starting at a 6.9% fee, which uh, obviously, but good to know that as the, as the service we provide is like clearly valuable that can go. Yeah. And, and it's just like, and, and like, 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 yeah, the, the incentives are like, like are very straightforward. Like you want these to go for, for bigger prices. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann. I'm one of the many mats. And this is digitally rare a show about digitally owned things now. And in the immaterial zones. Did I say that last time? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I was when you said digitally rare, I thought you were gonna know this is a show well, or welcome to digital zones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have uh, we have been talking a bunch already. I think I'm going to have them. I'm mm-hmm. going to have the editors put that before somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Nice little intro. We'll do, we'll do something with that. But uh, in case you don't recognize his voice, that is the voice of Mitchell F. Chan. He of the Zones. And now your new project, a video game? It's a video game? It's a narrative Ish. I'm very excited about it, whatever it is. It sounds very cool. I was going to say, back to our discussion, though, I feel like there are some collectors in the space that are, like, consciously trying to make markets now, right? Is Would that be the case? Like, I'm thinking of, like, Cosmo Medici or whatever, or, oh, like, yeah. Vincent Van Doe. The way sure. that they collect very publicly... Yeah, totally. ...feels to me like they are attempting to... They're very signally. Yes, signally. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like that's the that's the um, what's the word? The model of that type of person, right? Is to buy the thing, signal it, it goes up, right? Like this is the pranksy of PFPs kind of thing. It's like, oh yeah, this this art blocks collection is artistically relevant. I'm collecting it, so should you. That kind of thing. But you just, I just wonder with, you know, the Cosmos and the VVDs, like what, what was the end game there? Like, were they under a non-accounts, like holding more inventory of these collections to reap the benefits when they signaled higher prices? Yeah. I mean, that's what they should have been doing. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I I, I mean, that's, that's, that's the game, right? It's so funny that it didn't, that didn't even occur to, that like literally didn't even occur Says something about us too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You you know, you you just under a non-account. Get a hundred yeah. of the things, sure. Like, like oh, right, 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 that makes right, total right. sense to price, me. Yeah, sell you right. one hundred for two x the price, right? That 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 ought to have been the game. What's more concerning about what their strategy may have been is like it does seem like like some of them, some of the strategy was. I think there was like like borrowing against it, like lever, right. like the idea that you would have this this massive, um, uh, you'd have this massively valued asset. Oh. Yeah, base that you could yeah. borrow against and i just don't understand why those big whales were making it more complicated than it had to be right because now we're I, I i think we're starting to realize that mm, borrowing against nfts they're just maybe not quite liquid enough to be good collateral in markets that are this liquid and fast mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no i think that's um I mean, there are a lot of like NFT lending protocols being designed and built at the moment. And yeah, because of that sort of illiquidity 
the um, loan to value ratio or whatever it is, some financial bullshit. Like you don't really get good terms when doing this sort of like decentralized loan against your NFT because there's an inherent risk in the NFT market collapsing and uh, you you know the collateral being worthless. So to bring this around, I was trying to find a good a good uh, a good segue, but I'm I'm not segue man. I can't do it. To bring it around to our ostensible topic, which is royalties. Yeah, totally. the sort of the thing that right. We were the talk queen about. died. That's uh, the latest yes. news in royalty. That's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, I'm. You know, royalties have become this uh, this big bugaboo in the, in the space again. I feel like this is a this is a conversation that has happened. All three of us probably remember this kind of conversation happening in 2017. I think Got it has out. to happen every five years until people, you know, either, you know, from the Renaissance until now, we got to keep having it. <laughs> and, and so, and so I'll just say, you know, certainly I think from my perspective, I think I talk, I speak for Matt too, like our perspective is, and has always been like royalty's good. The fact that this, the fact that this is a, is a thing that we can build, that we can do now seems like a good thing. Dada, you know, our friends at Dada fought tooth and nail, you know, to try to get OpenSea to, to honor these kinds of royalties things. And now we have other places like, uh, uh, what's it called? The one that is not doing it. Pseudoswap, who's like just outright saying, nope, we're not doing it. So Mitchell, what, what, why did you want to come on and what is your take on this situation? I mean, my take on the situation is is that it's, it's quite sad and and frankly infuriating. Some of the disingenuous and I think poorly informed market thought boy speak that surrounds <laughs> you know uh, like like arguments against paying creator royalties. And I mean, first of all, I just for collectors and, 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 and I'll, I'll put myself in the, you know, in, in the shoes of a collector because, you know, Hey, like, like most artists in this space, I'm, I also collect a lot of work that I really enjoy. And like, I just think about it from a collector. What do, what do collectors not like? Well, we really don't like it when creators walk away from their creations, right? <laughs> that seems to really bother people. And yet there is a small but extremely noisy population of people on crypto Twitter who want, they want artists to relinquish the intellectual property rights to the artworks to make sure that artists never make money on the work going forward. And now they want the artists to relinquish resale royalties so that they never make money if, you know, the market remains liquid and prices keep on going up. And so I just wonder, like, if you... Okay, so if, you know, creating an artwork is like a wham bam thank you ma'am exchange, you know, one night stand for the creator, how is that person incentivized to stick around and continue adding value to to the project? And of course, collectors really want creators to continue adding value to the projects. So that makes no sense to me. And artist royalties were a really great way of keeping artists invested in their communities long term. And, and you'll notice I'm, I'm keeping away from the moral arguments because like why, you know, I, I just I don't want to preach to the converted here. You know, I, I, it's something that morally I believe in, whatever. Maybe we'll get to it later. Here's another thing that collectors like. Collectors really like buying things at low prices and seeing them go up. That's fun. That is awesome. That model wherein an artist can release work at low prices and see it go up and be genuinely happy for collectors when they can turn around and make a good profit off of the work, that relationship is enabled by the fact that the artist and the collector are financial partners in the continued success of that artwork. Without royalties, why would any artist release work at below fair market value? And we get a ton of that right now in this space, you know? So just putting morals aside that it's the right thing to do for people to continue to have equity in the work they produce that creates value for people putting that argument aside it is just practically royals do a lot to strengthen the relationship the mm -hmm. business relationship between artist <laughs> and collector totally 
if we what were going to try to steel man the argument yeah, yeah, that yeah. they're making, right. what can I'm not sure that I'm quali- that I that I could that I'm equipped to do that. Could you I mean, do if that I were going to channel some energy of yeah. Thought Boy uh, financial <laughs> yeah, speak, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say it has to do with like market efficiency, and um, you know, when you remove that five percent or whatever it is cut, theoretically your market gets more efficient, and that is quote unquote better, especially for a marketplace uh, like PseudoSwap, who presumably takes their two percent or whatever fee. I assume that's their take, but you tell me since I haven't really been listening to the squeaky wheels. Okay, yeah, let's let's yeah let let let's debunk some of the straw man arguments here for a second. And to to what Matt said, and we'll correct it. PseudoSwap has a zero point five percent fee, which PseudoSwap supporters will say, well, that's actually you know distributed. That fee is distributed to holders of the pseudo token, which is like I'll believe it when I see it. The majority of pseudo token. But belongs in the hands of very few people, um, right? And that's that's, that's the, the best way to pull off a decentralization meme right, scam, totally. right? This is oh, all token holders will get it, and I just happen to own fifty-two percent of the tokens. Of the tokens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but again, but again, I mean, even that, you know, it's like oh, well, you you guys are the ones doing the work. You guys are the ones who are making who are making the the thing. Like, yeah, you you should get. Some of those, in the same way that artists deserve royalties, the people creating. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, like I believe you know. Sure, market platforms they spend a lot of money and put a lot of work into making marketplaces where we can sell art. They they deserve some money. I I fully believe Super Rare deserves their cut. Yes. OpenSea deserves their cut. I know everybody loves to hate on OpenSea, but come on, they've done a lot for this space. They have obscene server costs, right? Let's let's give them let's give them some money if you minted a work on 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 OpenSea. It's great. We want these places to continue to exist, right? But in terms of the market efficiency argument, it's like the I, you know, Rhea Myers had a great tweet on this. She yeah. said, well, really, all of human existence is just an inefficiency for capital. <laughs> That's a good point. When you get down to it. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's this thing of, I mean, that is, uh, but I love the market efficiency argument. It yeah. is, right, it's, right. It's so like, it is the ultimate like free market thought boy uh, because it, it, it completely ignores the notion, the premise that there could be some intrinsic value to these assets that we are are selling, you know, and that whenever you starve out the people who create that value, that being the artists and creators, then we really are going to be back to just trading shit coins, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. No, the, it I, absolutely, yeah, it feels like when you remove that, you sort of like memetically declassify it from art into shit coin or into yeah. token of exchange. Yeah. yeah. The the other the other like nuance here is I do feel like there's a there's a difference I think between how people feel about PFP projects specifically large number basically you know shit coins with JPEGs <laughs> at, versus versus fine art and I and I do think some of the art some of the uh, thought boy people will will concede some ground. I've seen them concede some ground in in the face of, and so I do think there's a you know for instance I think like they the argument for PFPs would be well what if rather than putting this putting this percentage on it what if you did what CryptoPunks did and you hold back a thousand of them mm-hmm. and yep. you and you do it that way you know and that's another way to align those incentives. Um, which doesn't work, right? With fine artists, it's, it's the the yeah. volume just isn't there. Mediums are different. Doesn't work. Yeah. Although, although, although I have I have totally. heard the argument though that like as a fine artist, well, the argument being right, like I can only sell my five thousand song for five ETH now, but like you know, in ten years that song is going to be worth a million ETH. And if someone sells it for a million ETH, then Songadao will get 10% of that, and that will be great. Or their argument would be, yeah, but at that point, you could just you could just release another song and make more money that way. That Capture would be their argument for fine artists. That, like, by the time you as an artist have made that leap, right? Yeah, yeah. You, 
you will your be ten thousandth to... song is already gonna make right. hay, right? Yeah, it's gonna break. Like, or, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but isn't that where we are today? Yeah, yeah. That was the that was the traditional art world model, right? Where everybody, yeah. you know, everybody is just a vampire off of your success today, with the promise of a, of of bigger. <laughs> that we're we're still gonna we're still gonna leech off of you, you know, to, to, tomorrow. But the your cut irony. will will look so much better because the numbers will be will be bigger, totally. even if the percentages stay the same, right? Even if people yeah, die and, and then success happens, yeah. Yeah, I suppose I'm a bit of a sucker. Or a really naive person, because I I thought we were trying to do better than that. Like I thought, no, totally. that, you know, yeah. what we were what yeah. we were all here for. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But to, but to go back to Jonathan's point, people making valid arguments that there are other ways for artists to to retain equity in in their work, right? I mean, we're coming we're coming up against we're coming up against the problem of NFT being too expansive and catch all a term. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yes, you know, absolutely. Of course. Like, 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 and, and, and so I, I think if I were to take a, a, a generous view of PseudoSwap and what they're trying to do, um, and, you know, I would say that they're probably targeting a different type of NFT, right? Non-fungible tokens can represent, you know, not artwork, and it's probably already the case today, and it will certainly be the case in the future. Very few assets, very few commodities linked to an NFT will be artworks. Most of them will be coupons for Cheerios Stamps at the grocery store. And, yeah, totally. Yeah. Arbitrary VIP digital assets to strip clubs will be NFTs, right? Things that are more or less functionally the same, but require unique serial numbers, right? And should you, you know, and, and PseudoSwap was designed to be able to trade large chunks of more or less the same thing, right? Right. This is, a, this is an argument I resonate with because, like, to your point, like, the NFT as a term, as a, as a form, only implies, like, ownership. It, you have an address associated with it. The owner has certain rights, and those rights are to send it to someone else or to destroy it. And those, that's like it, right? The the more contextual version is, oh, this is a piece of art. Oh, this is a PFP. Oh, this is a ticket to an event. Like that's where things like royalties like want to be uh, embedded, right? Yeah, like we don't need royalties attached to to Costco coupons or or Bruce Springsteen concert tickets. That's fine, right? That's that's fine. And of course, you want an efficient market for those things, right? But I just feel like when Assets that are not that, and I try not to be too precious about art in most of my conversations, but, you know, I'll be precious in this context that it's it's not an asset like those other things. It's not an asset like most of the things that will be owned via NFT. And so it really is, it's, it's, it's too bad that, of course, by using the technology that the work of artists and creators gets pulled into these royalty-free marketplaces, but... Okay, it's going to happen. So then why can't we just sort of acknowledge that, tone down the rhetoric a bit, and then also acknowledge that it's okay for artists to pursue other ways to enforce their royalties, right? And that that's ultimately beneficial for the NFT art space, which again is going to end up being a very small little niche of the NFT yeah. market. I guess to even counteract my previous point, like royalties are like opt in at the moment, right? The default NFT contract doesn't express royalties. Royalties are a decision made by a creator. And it seems only logical that that opt inness should be respected by platforms that trade the thing because that, that object itself, the creator of that collection has said that it is something that wants royalties. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's just another thing that like morally is not cool, right? You can come up with any other model, economic model you have for rewarding creators throughout the lifespan of their work, right? And it could be, you know, withholding a part of the collection. It could be, you know, setting up your own liquidity pool, right? Whatever. And those all may look, maybe those are good ideas. Maybe they're not good ideas. We can debate it. But 
even if those were good ideas, even if those were better ideas, what is not okay is for people to come into this space, release something with, you know, this understanding of what our relationship was going to be, me, the artist and you, the collector. And then to just say, oh, well, I read a tweet thread that explained how like, <laughs> microeconomic works. And, uh, you know, and so right. we're just not going to do that anymore. That's 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 not okay. No, totally. Yeah, that's like what we talked about last. last uh, Matt and I talked mentioned Moonbirds. You know, like Moonbirds. Oh yeah. You know, uh, were they CCO'd? Yeah, suddenly. Yeah. yeah, out of the blue. You know, bit ironic, but <laughs> yeah, no, it does seem more like yeah. Even though there are many multiple models an artist could follow to retain equity and you know get value capitalized on their work over time, royalties is one of them and like not respecting that model unilaterally is like not cool. Just like yeah. extremely like, like what? Like I'm short circuiting trying to think about it now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's absolutely not cool. And you know, I, you think about how many artists and creators came into this space. All right. After here. And, and what was the killer argument for it? And there was, you know, a ton of negativity. There continues to be a ton of negativity around NFTs, just like, oh, the environment, you know, oh, it's a scam. Oh, it's, you know, whatever. But the constant argument in favor of it and why people came here was this is a better deal for creators, yeah. right? And retail yeah. royalties were at the yeah. heart of it. Yeah. And all of these talented people came in and they brought real value to crypto, right? Like they brought real value to crypto, right? Like, Big time. you know, our, we, we created what the, the biggest ever real world use case for crypto. And then, and then like, if you, you change the terms, like as a social norm, you know, those same people are, are, are going to, going to walk away as they should. This, this, it's sort of get, and, and actually this goes back to the discussion we were having previously, but it's sort of, and maybe this actually is the bridge that I should have used as the thing, but it, it gets to this thing that, that, that I think about so much that's at the heart of like everything in crypto. And it even, it predates anything having to do with NFT people. And I, I think about it as like, as, and this is a really messy way to describe it, but it's like the builders and the traders or or the creative people and the collectors. Oh, you said These... traders. I heard traitors. Oh yeah, the traitors. <laughs> the traitors. Which like yeah. I mean yeah. I mean in this context. <laughs> but but that you know, I always think about this. I was reading Laura Shin's book about about the Dow hack. And there's this really telling sort of passage in there about Basically, everyone, Griff Green and Lefteris and all these like people, you know, these like diehard, like, like decentralized, all the things we are creating this new thing and like deeply in their bones believe in this stuff, who are going through this hellish experience of dealing with the Dow and they're like up all night and they're doing it and they're like, they're making it happen and they're fixing everything. And they were caught completely blindsided by Ethereum Classic. They had no conception in their brains that anyone would want to keep mining the old chain. They were just like, no, like, like we're doing this. We're, we're like, we believe in this. This is what we're doing. And it was like, they had no conception that over here, there was a bunch of people who'd be like, oh yeah, we can make a shit ton of money, baby. Let's go, you know? And, and, and they, they just couldn't, it was like it's a it's like we're living in two completely different mind frames. And I feel like that exact kind of it parallels exactly between how to us we're like, how can you not just understand that what you're saying is ridiculous? And, and it's the exact same and it's the exact same people. It's the same it's this it's the trader mentality and the building mentality. They're just they're at they're at odds. They're 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 not completely and, and, and this is the really fucked up thing is that Ethereum, crypto in general, and this is like nobody wants to talk about this, but it's absolutely true. Crypto does not, does not, it, it doesn't work without the traders. It doesn't work without those people, the people that we are, you know, like so the mercenary financial type that we're so forced, forcefully disagreeing with. 
they sure. fucking make all this shit run because they they buy our shit. You know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> they yeah. And, and so and so. I don't know. I don't have a whole point to that other than no, just no, to no, say no. like I, I I get what you're saying. I can I I, I can bring this home. I got you. I got no, you. No, please, please. <laughs> I mean, okay. First of all, yeah. Shout out to Laura Shin and her book, The Crypto- Cryptopians, which I love. Right. Uh, I, I I I absolutely love that book. And I was fortunate enough. I got uh, Laura Shin's book club NFT. And I got to do like a reading or, or, or attend a reading with Griff and Left Terrace, like Hell being yeah. there yeah. and hear them like reliving yeah. that story in real time. But it's just like it's, it's like here's the weird thing about incentives, right? Everybody's about oh, incentivization and, 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 and efficiencies and stuff like that. Like right now, bring it back to art. Give a shout out to, again, our good friends at JPEG Protocol. All right, at jpeg.space. They're hosting an exhibition right now that is raising funds for the ETH core developers who are making the merge happen. You want to know why they're having an art exhibition with proceeds like going to those people? Because the people who actually make this thing that everybody else is going to make a ton of money on, all right, they're not getting paid really yeah, very yeah. much at all, yeah. right? No. Not relative to the person who sits at home and clicks buy and sell or whatever, right? Now, does the fact that there's there seems to be a real misalignment of incentives there, has that stopped development on Ethereum from happening, right? Like according to like free market maximalists, well, they should be retaining 51% of all the ETH, <laughs> like so that they're incentivized to keep working on it. Like, I, I don't know. That's like, that, such a good, that is such a good point. That right. is such a good point. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that point because yeah, it, it, it absolutely shows that the, the efficiency of markets is, is it leaves out so it leaves out right. so much. And this, no, absolutely. It, it, yeah. It, it's like, uh, can't yeah. account for externalities. And it's like if you, you give know, people a UBI, like they're just going to sit on their asses all day is right. It's like, well, mm-hmm. maybe that's what you want to do. I don't want to sit on my hat. Like who, who wants to just sit on their ass all day? Like that. I, I literally have never met anyone who just wants to sit on their ass all day. Like everyone mm-hmm. has something that they want to do, even if it's like, you know, write about movie or like whatever it is, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Wow. I, I mean, that point. money I fails that to point. capture so many of the motivations that people have and reducing all problems into one of financial optimization necessarily like excludes all of these much more interesting and arguably much more powerful incentives that are not capturable by the idea like the like if you imagine from like an information theory perspective like price and money is just such a lossy lossy encoding of humans and our complex emotions and what we want to do it's almost hilarious and so yeah it's like in that argument, it's like by saying like, oh, we're making the market more efficient, you fail to account for the externalities of the ecosystem, which is now less efficient, which now the pie has gotten smaller, which now like you've done a disservice to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how you describe that. The, the, yeah. Money and capital is a, a, a lossy a lossy indicator. And yet I'm willing to acknowledge like what's so interesting about it is that it, it, it might be like still the most accurate, like hard number quantification. Oh, absolutely. It is. Of course it of, is. Like of, of, of human oh, desire. Of you can convert anything to money. Lossy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like you can convert uh, a human life into money and people have at $70,000, right? Like you can, you can do it. Is it correct in any sense for the word? No, but also (laughs) yes. Right. Like, like you can literally turn anything into money, but that's also like you inherently lose something in that way. Yeah. Yeah, We've spun out into a a big philosophical uh, conversation. So um, with the royalties, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So are there any other perspectives around this conversation? Because this conversation started again in Year of Our Lord 2022 because Pseudoswap unilaterally decided not to enforce artist royalties, uh, not Uniswap, Pseudoswap, in their exchange. And the reason they do this, I'm, I assume, and you should correct me if I'm wrong, is that they have the sort of pool mechanic where NFTs go into a pool and then are swapped algorithmically within that pool and they wanted to make that as efficient as possible and that has far-reaching effects that we're debating so yeah are there any other points around that that we haven't 
Yeah, well, look, we've talked about like what are some of like like we've we've set up the straw man, right? And we like de- diffused some of not all of, but some <laughs> of the arguments like in favor of of skipping artist royalties, which you know mm-hmm. I think are in bad faith. But putting faith and morals aside, I I, I think are suboptimal. I, I like right. to speak the language of the market when I'm sure you totally know, talking yeah fight fire with fire yeah focus on the market. I, I do think that they're sub suboptimal to like a healthy art economy here where we are and you know and, and and we've put forward like a generous reading of like what pseudo is trying to do i think pseudo is trying to be like a market for costco coupons that's fine i think that what x2y2 is doing is less i, I can't even come up with a charitable like interpretation oh, yeah. of what they're trying to do what are right? they doing oh, just, i've never well, perceived them pseudo what do they do yeah yeah, they saw that pseudo wasn't doing royalties, and they figured like, okay, the race to the bottom is on. So they yeah. right, so the totally. royalties were optional. You can okay, click a cool. button to pay into wow. royalties. Wow. Well, that's you know. hilarious. That's like the worst of both worlds. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, right? Now, now I get the guilt as a trader. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I guess X two Y two will continue not being relevant to the conversation, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess they were hoping to capture some market share by like saving people right. that percentage points or whatever but i think we can talk about like you know instead of the bad stuff like you know the good stuff that we can do you know okay and and obviously you're working on an eip you have a concrete solution i guess if that's the right word it is with with all due respect it's probably not the right word okay yeah no (laughs) no but 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 i i say that sort of in modesty and humility sure because look approach i mean Artists just, 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 first of all, just really fundamentally need to feel empowered to say that this is not okay, which is harder than it ought to be. Cause like, yeah, you get like, you you know, I'm not a big yelling on the internet person. I don't do a lot of it. And like when I've posted about it, like it's the only time there have just been like angry, angry replies in my feed, you know? Wow. Not, oh, not yeah. to mention that, that the people making this argument are the collectors. These are the people these are the people who who buy our work. You know, you don't want to piss. The, you don't want to like. Yeah, we, we don't want to fight. I don't want to fight you. Anyway, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, absolutely. I, I never want to be in a situation where I'm opposed to. Uh, yeah, yeah, where, where I'm in opposition with, you know, good, good, good faith collectors. Right. And, and so, I mean, I mean, first of all, so like, and I've spoken to a lot of artists, you know, artists who, you know, wield a considerable amount of influence and like, they're all like pretty scared or exhausted to just talk online because they, they know the like sort of like criticism they're going to get and be called, oh, you're a greedy artist. You've already made your money and now you just want to keep on getting more and more. And it's just, I, I, I don't agree with that. I think that, and anybody who's taking this on it's about more than them it's about the next artists who are coming through here and making sure that they have a model that will consistently reward them for the career that they build over time oh yeah that's the other thing i'm also a big fan of artists like building up like their career and not just like abandoning and then you know getting a new pseudonym and like a new pft and new twitter account to do the next thing like you know build up that build up that good good faith whatever anyway so what can people do ultimately like i really believe that I love that royalties were a social convention. Like I love the like like I love that that data, and I love that it was like you know Sparrow and Matt Kane and Coldy and these guys were you know petitioning Super Rare and they were petitioning OpenSea, and there was just like and and there were you know some people that were all deeply indebted to who chose to be like the spearhead of a, a, a common like community sentiment, and they made it happen. And there's something really beautiful about that, and the fact that we could have that financial arrangement for so long without it necessarily existing on a smart contract is a really great source of hope for me. It's like, it speaks to the hope that, you know, blockchain can like expand and recognize and contribute to things that are not bits of code on a blockchain. That's, that's the goal here, right? I like that. So I think that there will always be a matter of social convention that, that, that is involved in this. And I think that all technological solutions to royalty dodging have some problems, right? And they have problems in one direction or another. I think that any really strict, like disciplinary approach to royalty dodging is just going to go too far in the opposite direction. Like you can't, 
you 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 can't put any restrictions on what how someone can transfer their artwork or anything like that. I, that's not going to work. Yeah, and I think like social solutions, like the social construct and the social contract. Ooh, that's fun. The social contract, the smart contract, like it is extremely powerful, right? The social contract is how is why society functions the way it does because so many of our commons are like subject to classic common problem, Malthusian trap race to the bottoms, but they're solved by a social construct, right? Like cleanliness of a street. If you ever go to Japan or Scandinavia, you're like, oh, it's clean as shit here. And it's like, yeah, because everyone knows that it stays clean as shit. But as soon as you start putting trash on the ground, and as soon as that sort of like ball rolls down the hill, a little bit, yeah, exactly. It falls apart. And now you have New York where people just don't care. And that sort of thing is held up by the social contract, right? And so that's super powerful. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense that we should use that social contract to enforce things that everyone wants, like royalties, right? And I think this should be like this. I've been positing this for a while, but like if you want to have like accreditation, not accreditation, that's a like certification, but like royalties for meme makers, right? Or like I built a meme or I made a meme and it referenced this meme or like I made an academic article and it referenced these papers. Like there should be a social layer, a social construct that like if I commercialize this product and it uses these patents uh, or like these open source things that like some value flows back and like that can be enforced at a cultural level so much more effectively than it could be at a technical level. And I feel like that applies here as well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of like, like some of those, you know, situations that you've described situations like citations and references or or whatever. Now, don't get me wrong, there are problems with how that is run. But and there are problems with like how compensation flows like hard capital compensation, but it's more social capital is the most liquid of all capital, right? It's more liquid than than, you know, the most efficient market. And so that is why, you know, most academics are happy to see their work cited, right? There is some some social capital that flows to them. But anyway, that's a totally different, you know, situation. It's certainly not one that I that, that 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 I can solve. Sure, sure. I think, though, whenever you talk about social codes, right, social contracts, social contracts, though, you're right, they're social contracts, but they're they're helped a little bit. They're guided just a little bit. They're light guide rails. Oh, with of course. Other, with, with, with other technical measures, right? Sure. In, you know, Japan or Scandinavia, everybody is compelled to keep their streets clean because part of the social contract. There's a there's a little bit of a boost. They, they, they have they have tickets for littering. Right. Totally. And it's of not course. something that is it is not expected to catch all instances of littering all right that is not the mechanism that makes this the streets clean but it is important that there's a little bit of a tool to you know help guide this thing along and that's what i think you know any sort of technology added to an erc 721 should do in terms of royalties so like as you mentioned yeah so as you mentioned i i co-authored with you know some other artist coders billy renenkamp and harm vanden dorpel oh wow uh, this is EIP the Avengers proposal. of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was the royalty Avengers. Yeah, this is the <laughs> of artist coder. This is yeah, wow. But we, but but we're 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 friendlier than the incredible. Yeah. Hulk, no, totally. Right? You know, yeah. I mean, this isn't a prescriptive thing. But like, what what you know, what could we do? And the attitude was one: just 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 use the lightest touch possible. Again. Yeah. It is not a tool that is going to stamp out all royalty dodging, and we should never, like, you know, infringe what what two individuals can do with their and with their their property mm-hmm. or whatever. And where I landed was the thing that I would like to implement in my work going forward is a check. It's a, and and other artists have already put this out, by the way, and I'm really happy. Like, this is not this is not a brilliant thing. It's a simple dumb as rocks thing, which is why mm-hmm. it's probably the best solution, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's a simple denialist check uh, mm-hmm. that only happens at the set approve or set approve for all function. So just to give you know listeners who aren't familiar with the guts of the ERC seven twenty one to give them some perspective on what this hap- what, on what this does, when you send your NFT to another you know wallet of yours or your friend's wallet or whatever you're doing over the over the counter trade, you're calling the transfer function, and we're not messing with that. I think if if two people are going to do an over the counter trade and dodge royalties. There's really nothing that we can do about that. You know, totally. it, it, it's that's it's it's you can't become a police state. But whenever you 
list your NFT on OpenSea or X2Y2 or whenever you create a pool on Pseudoswap, right? What you're doing is you call a function called setApprove and you pass along the address of the operator that you're approving and that operator will be OpenSea or Pseudoswap or X2Y2. And what you're saying when you call that function is you're saying it's okay for Pseudoswap to transfer tokens on my behalf. Pseudoswap is allowed to call the transfer function for me. Normally, I'd be the only person allowed to do this because I'm the owner, but I trust Pseudoswap and they're gonna transfer this for me. They're gonna transfer it when somebody else, you know, does a bid on their platform with their software or whatever, right? And I just felt like by making a denial list, I can just say, no, my NFTs will not allow Pseudoswap to be a middleman for, for the transfer function. If you can find somebody to do an over-the-counter trade and dodge the royalty, like, go for it. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> I, 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 I won't right. stop yeah. you. Yeah, but there is, but, but a marketplace that is asking for your permission, for your permission to, to move my art around, I think that a creator should have the right to deny that. And there's a number of reasons for it. You know, in this case, it's because, well, I don't agree with how they're, you know, stripping away royalties from artists. But you can also imagine, first of all, security concerns. A lot of bored apes have been stolen because people gave approval to contracts that they thought were different contracts, right? They thought that they were like giving approval to a legit marketplace and they're giving approval to a scammer to spend their, their bored apes, right? So it'd be nice to deny list those known scam contracts. Another thing that can and would happen is there could be marketplaces that pop up that honestly just don't present the work in a way that I think is honest or, or good, right? I mean, as an artist, I think a lot about the context in which I want my work to be sold. I mean, you guys know I wouldn't even allow it to be bought on like a front-end dApp when it came out. Like you had to go to Etherscan, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That was the whole me. point. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was part of the artwork. So if there's like a platform that I think presents my work in a way that looks really junky, yeah, I'd like it to just not, not not show up there it's fine it's still yours as a collector a collector you can still look at it however you want right but i'm not gonna let it be a part of someone else's business if yeah. i feel like i'm gonna look like crap so is this is this something in in the way that this works would you just be able to add addresses to it? how yeah. would that where how's that functionally work that's interesting. So the way it functionally works is, yeah, I would add, you know, when I put out my new work, I'll, I'll, I'll deny list the, the pseudo swap address. And then if another marketplace comes up that I feel also dodges royalties, then I'll add their address. Also, let's suppose that, you know, one of these platforms gets their act together and actually starts paying royalties and I can remove them from the deny right, list. And right, right, right. It'll be fine and everything will yeah. be, will be yeah. agreed upon again. Right. And the NFT, like it still works the same way. It still belongs to that collector. Like they that. can transfer it as they please. It is just that like there is just certain marketplace middlemen that I would just like prefer not to be like doing business with with my work. I like that a lot. I, I you know, it seems totally fair that that you put the you you sort of put it on the platforms, not on people, not on individuals. No. But on on the platforms, the platforms are the ones that need to take some some. Yeah, because I, I I never want to be I never want to be in conflict like with an individual with an individual collector. But look, like I said, this is not airtight, yeah. right? This is this is an inconvenience for those platforms because the common argument against this implementing a marketplace approval deny list, and it's valid, is that you're going to yeah. end up playing a game of cat and mouse, right? It really doesn't take much for Pseudoswap or whomever to deploy a new contract mm -hmm. that then people people go to, and then and then you got to go back to your contract <laughs> and then you got to deny list that mm -hmm. one, right? And then they go to another place and got deny list that one which you know what fair enough that could happen like this isn't airtight but it is it does like i i, I like that it makes it inconvenient like it essentially mm -hmm. makes a bad user experience on those platforms because you're going to those platforms and like you actually don't know if like <laughs> right? yeah like, yeah you know it, it yeah, could it's, be like, it's, it, if enough if enough artists do this it starts to be a sort of artist-led thing of saying these are the platforms that we think are treating us fairly and these are the platforms we think aren't. 
Yeah, and so there there is a cat and mouse game, and certainly, like, I don't expect artists to be ahead of it all the time. Like, a lot is going to slip through the cracks. But it is important to just, you know, start creating tools for artists and creators to, you know, just have, I think, like, some reasonable control over, you know, which marketplaces are transacting their their work. So, so, so that, you know, that's what I've been working on. EIP, and it's an EIP. Are you, are you guys going to submit this as a... It's, 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 it's a fork. It's a, yeah, it's a fork from the Ethereum ENS repo right now. And there's been some feedback on it. People who are interested in supporting this, um, where I would like to see it go is the EIP just makes it visible and it makes it there for people to use if they want. Like this solution, it won't work for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's not it's not intended to be prescriptive. It's a tool that some artists can use if they want. I will probably use it and I think that it'll be fine. I think my collectors like know me and trust me. I've been around for 15 years. They know I'm not going to do anything like ridiculous to rug them or anything like that. It'll be fine. This solution the solution isn't right for everybody, but by having the EIP there, it's sort of permanent. It's kind of legitimized by being part of like the EIP repo. And the best way to get it merged into the actual EIP repo is to go and visit it and you comment on the like Ethereum magicians forum and vocalize some support for it. And then the core devs, you know, can merge it into the repo. Other places where I would like, where I would like to see this is I think it would be great if minting platforms like Manifold gave, mm. you know, artists the option. Made an option, yeah. This. And by the way, like it's like when I said it's dumb, it's simple and dumb as rocks. I mean, I meant it. It's literally ten lines of code. Ten lines of code. That's it, right? I don't want, like don't want to change too much. But it was, so it'd be great if minting platforms like Manifold gave artists the option to include this, Zora, right? Yeah. Zora, super rare, right? And of course, like they're they're incentivized to do that. Of course, super rare should want to give artists the option, not like not, not to dodge the royalties over on pseudo. But that's but I know that for optics, like they'll get killed if they do this before artists signal a strong desire for it, right? Because it'll look like them being greedy and trying to protect their business. But in reality, it's it's in everybody's best interests, right? Artists and honest platforms um, to do something like this. So I would like to see this functionality just be an option for artists minting on different platforms. We haven't asked anyone this question lately, but has there been any NFT projects lately that you've loved, that you've that you've seen minted and absolutely adored? Yeah, there. Ha what are some NFT projects that I have loved? Um, I got I, I got some familiars. Lo I feel you know that's an obvious choice though. Everybody's on the familiar. Shill us on familiars. I don't get it. I saw them early and I was like, okay. And I and now everyone loves okay. them. What's going so on? So familiars are dynamic NFTs, and each character has one of the traits is the family that they belong to. So there are familiars that are in the Ethereum family and familiars that are in the Bitcoin family and familiars that are in the Tezos family. And they dynamically respond with different animations based on the price performance of those tokens. All right. Oh, okay. It's really yeah. cute. And, the, and the, they'll um... be happy when the price goes up and they'll be sad when the price goes down. <laughs> they have a lot of lore totally. and a lot of backstory to them. The team on them is really exceptional. They were developed by the artist Ed Forniellis. And I have some of his other work, like some of his pre-NFT work. Like he's a he's a, a, a legit dude who has been doing really interesting work about the commodification of, of, of culture, about how art is financialized um, for a long time. I own one of Ed Forniellis' pieces. It's a paper bond. And it's literally like a bond that I own, like representing like a share of his art practice. And it's paper and it's old time. And cool. It looks great. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's so so he's a great guy. I like that. I have like, you know, what is uh, the other artist that I've really liked a lot lately? Who's who's new? I didn't know him before. Uh, he's an artist on Super Rare. Joe Peace. I know that he's kind of like everywhere, but I am. I, I really like his work. Really, really like his his aesthetic. Wow. And. I can, if we're just kind of rounding things off, I was yeah. going to show this, Matt, while you dodged, uh, while you had uh, ducked out. <laughs> but an NFT adjacent thing that is like kind uh -huh. of a self plug that I'm excited about. I had to share when I knew I was talking to you today. I just got this today. 
Ooh, I'm yeah, excited. He's going away from his desk. Ooh, a he's physical coming object. back to his desk. Ooh, he's arriving. Oh, it looks like a blue oh, the book. blue page. Yeah. Wow. I just wow. got these today, a year in the making, and I'll wow. make a proper video of it, but as we open it up, it wow. is the blue. Yeah. It's so cool Holy to see moly. this is the the blue paper. Ah, oh, wow. So I am holding a velvet, a blue velvet <laughs> yes. clamshell case with, yes. with gold stamped lettering. I am opening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the blue velvet clamshell case to reveal <laughs> another linen bound hardcover book that reads oh, blue yeah. paper. And there is a little spot here where your yes. paper IKB receipt will go. Holy wow, moly. That's lovely. We'll receiving these shortly. So, from an artistic, this Wait, actually is a, Matt, a how good many conversation. I, how many do you <laughs> it's own? It's kind of a dox. I own five digitally wow. digital zones at the wow. moment. The one that I will never sell is number 100, yeah. which is the last one. Very proud of that and pure luck in the, in the mempool. But very excited to see those. I'm curious from an artistic perspective, what, you're, what you want the relationship of each digital token to be to the physical that you've produced. Yeah, that's just a big question. You know, we talked a lot about social codes today and you know, I haven't I haven't cracked the problem of of NFT link, you know, linking NFTs to ownership of of physical things. I think that I'm lucky enough like the Digital Zones project is it's small enough with only 100 tokens. The community is the community of holders is is really good that I sort of like I'll I'll announce this. I'll I'll put this out on Twitter, you know, sometime next week and then I'll do a snapshot after a month just in case anybody wants some activity kind of spurred by desire to get one of these. And then, you know, I'll send them out. And after that, there's sort of really not much I can do to make sure that the token right. stay with with these books. Totally. Hopefully, again, it's small enough that people who are buying the tokens, you know, recognize Will, that maybe yeah. there's a book yeah, yeah. yeah. I would I would think so. This is what I yeah. would expect is that anyone who's interested in getting a digital zone would s- somehow know about the physical. Yeah. And importantly, anyone selling a digital zone would know uh, or would want the physical to go with it. Yeah, I mean, this also feels like something that's like different per project and, you know, per physical thing. Also, perhaps more specifically within the Digital Zone artistic project itself, the receipt, the paper receipt, how does that integrate with the digital the digital immaterial right and 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 the truth is like it's 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 a different thing like it's it's totally a different thing like this is this is a gift like this is a gift and a thank you to collectors that you know you can put on your wall um but it is not a continuation of the project and you guys know like i've been really like resistant to that you know Mm -hmm. like it was when everything was was kind of going crazy and hype was at its peak it was like oh you know maybe you should make a dow or oh you should like mint the blue paper or whatever I've always just said like, no, this is not like a continuous ongoing project. Like I did, like if if you make something and and you're really proud of it and you know, you think it's special, like that's all it has to be alone. You know, this is just a gift. Moderation seems to be key. David Rudnick uh, from yesterday's episode also mentioned moderation. You know, when things were at its peak, everyone was like, oh, you should do this, do this, do this. And he was like, no, no, no. It's just that. I, it's fine. I, I, I got to listen to that because, you know, that's really yeah, been my it's mantra. It's a great conversation. That's been my mantra for the past year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm super hyped for these gifts. And I, I did guess, uh, you know, as a collector, I was looking at this and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a it's a gift. It's not attached to the the pictorial nature. If I want to experience mm-hmm. this color blue, you I must, must burn, burn the, the token. token. It has nothing to do with throwing that actual right. yeah. Maybe book I'll into the rock. ritualistically the, yeah. burn yeah. <laughs> into yeah. the sen. Yeah, yeah. You can that keep would it. be really Even sick, though. If you burn though. the token, yeah. you can keep it. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Don't burn it. Keep it, keep it on your <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> there you go, from the artist. Well, what's kind of nice is if you or burn do, the, or do or do, do do what you or want, do exactly do what of you course want, but if you if you burn the token now you sort of do have this sort of like the ghost right. memory of well, it see this yeah. is i love that yeah the ghost of the thing because having burned the token i you know hilariously ironically want some yes. tangible thing to yeah. signify that experience well there's been one burner right there's been one burner and right. I'll, I'll, I'll send him one of these even though he definitely, like, oh, definitely. Burned it. Right. you shouldn't be penalized yeah, for yeah. actually doing the problem right totally you know? totally totally <laughs> 
I mean, the worst would be you make it and then burn it live on stream. It's like, no, you can't have it. <laughs> but no, I'm glad NFT Burner gets their book. That's really exciting. Yeah, these are going to be so, so cool. Wow. That's amazing. That's so hype. That's so I didn't hype. know about familiars. I'm looking at these. Uh, these are these are quite yeah. lovely. They look they look happy right now, which I'm a little surprised by because <laughs> I guess they're masochists. Maybe yeah masochists. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Maybe that's yeah. Can, can one of the qualities be masochist? <laughs> what is their cost basis? That's what I need to know. What is their cost basis? Oh yeah. You know what? What's their trailing? What yeah. are they? What are they judging against here? You right. Know? Did yeah. one familiar yeah, buy ETH? Exactly. Exactly. They've been dollar cost averaging. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Did they, were they part yeah. of the, sa- you know, the initial sale? Like, because then at that point. Right, right. Yeah. Ever- the Ethereum familiar yeah. is like financial independence, right, retire right, early. They're right, always happy. Right. <laughs> well, Mitchell, thank you so wow. much for joining us. This has been, as always, I think, was it about a year ago? I don't know when it was when we had you on last, but I feel like it's been it was, like a little bit over a year, maybe a year and a half. Over a year about, ago. Right? Yeah. Well, I'll take yeah, us out. Matt, Matt has. Do you remember our new a new way to take us out? Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. But have you heard of the um, the Tank You project? No. What's Tank You? Well, everyone, thank you for listening, and thank you, Mitchell, for being on the show. <laughs> This is our this new, new outro. outro is is I the, I hit you with the ligma. <laughs> he hits you with a terrible. Fun. You should see if you could see Mitchell's oh face right now. God. He is in disbelief at how dumb that was. And how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I don't know if they're going to get any better no. though. I think. You, you're, I think you're going to have to spend some time and like really think about them because yeah. Right, or, right, or they right. can just continue to be this awful, and that that would be. Or they continue to be awful as like a little, you know, thank you for, sorry, a thank you for sticking around to the end. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> Mitchell, thank you very much. Why do you leave that bit to the there. end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.